The following is a presentation of the Six Arrows Radio Network. Welcome to the Modern Christian Men Podcast with your host, Kale Nelson. Yeah, another episode here for you for the Modern Christian Men podcast. I really appreciate you stopping in. I know it's hard, man. You got a lot going on work, family, family work, work, family, church, family, work, family. And uh, appreciate you uh, plugging me in the earbuds here. Got something to share with you. Got a great uh, story. Got a lot of great stories, matter of fact. Tim Cassie is the executive pastor of Faith Life Church. You can find him online at faithlifechurch.org. One of my favorite entities in the kingdom, literally. So, Check him out if you're interested, faithlifechurch.org. Tim is the executive pastor. He also has a, a youth staff there. Got a lot going on in and around the Columbus, Ohio area. I think you're really going to dig this guy. I love him, love his family, and uh, just totally, totally digging what they're doing up that way. In addition to that, uh, he's also a husband. They've got some little kids, and we talk about parenting. We talk about being a kid. We talk about having kids. We talk about youth pastoring, youth groups. You got youth in your family, like your kids, and uh, they're plugged in at church. There's some good information in here, maybe some stuff that you need to hear that maybe you didn't realize, right? So uh, give this one a listen. Thank you again for being here, taking your time to share it with us. Hope you're loving this stuff. And you can find me, Kale Nelson, online at modernchristianmen.com. Here's myself and Pastor Tim. So Tim, thanks for coming by, man. I'm really stoked to have you here. We've we've had this conversation uh, a couple of different times, and finally, man, it's just so cool to connect with you. Uh, tell me a little bit about your your position at Faith Life Church and and what you do in air quotes for a living. Right. Well, I work with as in any ministry with a different ROI. So I'm always <laughs> you know barking at my team and the, the people there. I'm like, our return on investment is different. We work with families, with kids. Um, we're coaching them in life in, in a lot of different ways. And so I get the opportunity to sit, um, with, with families, with kids in maybe some of the more difficult situations and conversations, but also one of the benefits I think of being in ministry, you see a lot of lives and you also see a lot of the, the consequences. Um, I've been in ministry, even though I'm young, I've been in ministry, as a, as a leader and as a minister for over 10 years. So you begin to see now some long-term, either how culture has changed, you see how people's decisions long-term begins to affect them. And, uh, you know, but, but ultimately I work with, with teens and with young people and with families, um, coaching parents, working with young people, um, doing, doing funerals of young people who have made bad decisions. And so um, it's, it's definitely a passion point. And uh, the culture, the culture is, messed up right now, as you know. I mean, oh, it's, yeah. a, it's, it's a rough place to be for these young people. And so we get, we get the real questions, and that's one of the, the beauties of working with young people because it's no holds barred. I mean, they'll, they'll ask you whatever they think, which is great. You know, they're going to ask you, but they're also going to be real with you. And if they see something that's not real behind the scenes with their family, that becomes a barrier that they want to discuss, you know, you can act you can act all churchy when you're at church, but really the thing that's going to speak to your team the most is who you are b- behind the scenes. But uh, so I especially work with young people. I get to answer those those deeper questions, um, encouraging them with their faith. Um, you know, being involved in the family system, even sitting down sometimes with parent teen conflicts with them to help them 
connect with their young person when those sometimes those walls kind of are, are you know uh, break down the relationship and the communication then I get the benefit of that so it's cool stuff that's uh that's uh, that's a lot for one man to bear and <laughs> I remember <laughs> right I remember being in the youth group okay this is everybody knows my age anyway but I remember being in the youth group no cell phones no internet nothing like that yeah and uh, I remember my youth pastor I guess he was kind of confiding in me one time. He's like, you know, I was on the phone this morning until four o'clock with one of our youth pa- youth kid members, and yeah. uh, and then I was uh, a little later. He was, man, I I, I spent all Saturday afternoon uh, talking to somebody and his mom, and I'm like, dude, when did you cut your grass? You know, I was one of the older kids, one of the youth, <laughs> right. you know, the, one of the leaders. Not that I was a spiritual leader by any stretch, but you know, I was a punk and I had the the, the big head, so. Um, the guy was trying to speak life into me. I get that, but man, I can't. I can't even imagine nowadays with all the connectivity. How in the world do you yeah. do you have the opportunity to to be the to be the husband, be the dad that your family needs? Because I, I got to yeah. imagine, man, your phone's just blowing up all the time as a youth pastor nowadays. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I I'm especially involved in being a youth pastor, but I have a team of people that really do a lot of things. I oversee. Um, a large ministry as well. So I oversee 60 staff. Okay. So I'm, I'm the guy running all of that as well. And so my wife and I, we've asked ourselves that many times as well. We have, you know, two kids right now and we're, we're planning on having a lot more. And so um, I've got a two and a three-year-old and you don't get those years back. And so definitely seeing other people's lives also makes you reflect on your own. And so, you know, balancing all of those things, you do have to have some of those barriers. I mean, so we have days off, we work at a at a ministry. So our Sabbath is a little different. Yeah. You know, we're, we work on the weekends, but so Monday and, and Tuesday morning, you know, we have, we have to have those times as a family. Um, but you know, I've asked myself that many times as well, the connectivity of our culture. And, and I, I don't know if it's just me, but it just feels like it, without my phone, I feel so lost <laughs> and I'm, I'm noticing some bad habits with, with the phone in the sense of just like, it's just so easy to default to the phone. So we got, uh, earlier this year, I got rid of cable because I just I told we told the cable lady we just could not afford to 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 keep it, and she's like, "Well, we'll we'll reduce your price." I said, well, well, that's not what I mean. I mean, I can't afford the time, you know, the energy. I don't always wake up with a plan and and full of faith, ready to go, you know. And so, if you wake up without a plan, you're gonna sit down and turn on the TV and waste your your valuable valuable time. And so, what I realized though is more and more that there is more time in a day than I think most people recognize. Mm-hmm. And there's these little snippets throughout the day that you can make a real meaningful experience. And so, um, you know, with, with little kids myself, I just know when I come home and it's, I'm exhausted and I don't really, you know, you miss your kids, but sometimes you don't want to ex- exert a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. You need to be willing to do that. And so it's coming home, having a plan. How am I going to make, if it's less time, I've got to especially make it quality time I need to put the phone away. Um, watching a movie as a family is not the same as sitting and playing a game. And so kind of recognizing if I have less time, I've got to really be aggressive with that moment and maybe making a new memory or um, even just, you know, a few weeks ago I got home and it was a really busy week. So I got home in the evening and it, we only had, you know, a little bit before bedtime, but daddy brings a lot of energy. And so I was like, you know, <laughs> we went around the, the yard and picked up sticks and we had a little bonfire with a two and three year old where they, they cooked marshmallows. But, you know, I mean, 
you're, you're making that an experience. So daddy's got to play a huge role in that. And, uh, you know, mom, mom's been with the kids all day too. So you've got to be prepared to give her your energy as well. (laughs) And uh, I, yeah, I was hosting a men's conference and one of the, we had a a way that the men could send us questions and it was, they were private, you know, but we'd, we'd answer. And some of the questions, man, on stage, I just, I started laughing because some of the questions were just so, um, I don't know. They, they did not take into account all the variables and just were very blunt or were very, um, <laughs> selfish, real. I guess yeah. is the word. Yeah. They're, they're being real, but they were also, you could hear the, you know, this kind of lack of understanding of the family model and what it means to be a dad. Um, you know, one of the questions was, you know, let's say I go fishing or hunting and I'm, I've been out all day and I'm worn out and I get home in the evening and, and how do I help my wife understand that I need space and I need alone time. I said, you, you don't go hunting and fishing then, you know, I'm like, if you can't come home and you can't bring that energy and give it to your family, you don't have the right to, to, to take that and to do those things. So I'm like, you know, if if you're going to, it's helping men understand that is huge, but you know, just the whole family model working together. But anyway, yeah, the, the value of that time is the connectivity is huge, but, um, you do have to have those family moments in there and it's something I'm still growing in and learning, but I definitely know my phone is a huge barrier. Uh, TV and other media streams are a huge barrier. So we've been kind of weeding through some of those and, and deciding, um, you know, what, what we need to be doing right now yeah. in this season yeah. so it, that we can reap a harvest tomorrow with our kids. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. hard to, to really be like, okay, well, I'm tired and, and, well, I'm a stay-at-home dad, you know, so I've done like seven loads of laundry yeah. today, and my wife has come yeah. home from the salon, and she's been there, you know, working people's hair and being their psychiatrist at the same time all day long. We're, we're looking at each yeah. other across the table like, really? Now we, we, we have to play, you know, Risk or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But you're right, man. It, it's it's so important, and j- just putting that into our children and not just our kids. I mean, our wives need it. Right. Whether they've been at home all day or at work all day, they are a creature of need, and that's how God made yep. them. And uh, yep. j- just like you guys that said, hey, I've been hunting and fishing all day, now I need a break. Dude, you've been on break all day. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. I, right. I, I would have had a hard time answering that one politically correctly. Oh, uh, well, I mean, there was there was funnier ones than that. I'm telling you, some. I, I think uh, sometimes the guys don't quite understand their wives. And so yeah. I, I was laughing, but I mean, I have, I have a, an amazing wife and we have an amazing marriage. Um, we have said yes to certain things as well. Uh, financially is a huge element for men. Yeah. And um, you can't say yes to everything with your time, your energy and your money because it doesn't work. So um, I think people thought my wife and I, when we first got married, were really well off or something, but we had so few expenses, you know, and our, my house payment was 190 bucks. <laughs> and, uh, you know, financially I had done some laying of the appropriate groundwork before marriage. And that really just helps. I mean, we took a five week honeymoon. We spent two weeks in Hawaii and three weeks in Europe, Man. but I made, you know, I was, I was actually going through paperwork this week and I saw my W twos from those years. I made nothing, you know? <laughs> and, uh, but that was just because being wise financially. So I always tell people, man, when you're, if you're signing up for some of these different financial decisions, you got to realize that's taking your time, energy, and money. And, uh, you know, that, that can drain your family moments. Yeah. You can, we, as a kid, man, we moved in, we had a old 1800s farmhouse we lived in with one bathroom that was also the laundry room. So I was one of five kids. So I had a brother and three sisters. 
we lived in this old farmhouse, but as kids, we didn't know that we were living in an old farmhouse. We didn't know that that was a bad place or that most people would look down on that. We loved it. And, uh, you know, it's because of my family, my parents fostered an environment that was full of life. It was full of joy. Um, you know, they, they fostered an experience for us as kids that we were a family unit. Later on, they built a much, much larger house where each child had their own room. And I remember my younger sister as a kid, she was always saying, can we go back to the farmhouse? Can we go back? She was always asking if we could move back to the other house. And, uh, you know, and we, we still shared rooms half the time because we were used to that relationship and that, that friendship. And so I, I, I'm always coaching parents because I see it so much. Um, some of the things they sign up for financially that is beyond their means that that is going to be beyond your, that's going to take your freedom. That's going to suck life out of your family because your kids, they, they don't care. Yeah. They don't care if you're driving this car or you're driving this car. They don't, they don't care about those things. It's great. They need, to see, they need to see God's hand at work in your life, including your finances, but first and foremost in your relationships, in your home environment. Um, what is that home environment like? Everyone needs to keep a pulse on what is the home environment like? Is it a, is it a place where you would want to be if you were a kid? Um, would you, you know, if, if your parents are arguing, you're not going to want to hang out there. And those are conversations that I have you know, frequently with kids, look, you know, I don't want to be around my house because my parents are, are crazy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're, they're like, you know, the, the, um, the yelling and the screaming, the mom and dad. And so sometimes parents need to be parents. And that means there's a level of security that a child or young person has that home is a safe place mm-hmm. that they're going to get bullied. They're going to get pushed around. Um, you know, I think the, the world has painted this picture that, that that's can be stopped. I'm like, that's human nature. You know, you got to more prepare, focus more on preparing your kids and protecting them. Yes. But, uh, you know, everyone's scared about the bullying thing and, and it is a huge deal in our culture. Yes. But I'm like, look, there's always going to be somebody that's a bully. So most importantly, make sure your home environment's safe where they can open up to you and tell you what they're going through. And you can really coach them though, and reinforce uh, who they are, what they're to be doing, uh, who God sees them as. Because you're always, throughout life, you and I know, you're always going to have people putting you down and kind of coming against, especially if you're a dreamer or have any sort of zeal in life. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, but the home environment's huge. Um, and then just have it, how you're living and, and fostering is, is so important. I've heard you say a couple of different times you coach parents, and we've we've talked about counseling here on the program before uh, to, to some extent, but it's really cool to hear that a youth pastor is involved with the parents, not just the youth. Now, now I know that you do more than just youth pastoring, but what, I, what I'm saying is I've never necessarily heard of that before where the, the guy who's touching your kid spiritually at church is also trying to help you on the back end understand where your kids may be because you may not have that relationship yet with your kids that they'll open to you like they'll open to Pastor Tim. Well, we, we are very aggressive in encouraging young people to be submissive to their parents, to honor their parents, that their parents are people too. We're, these are things that the kids are always going to hear us say. You, your parents are going to make mistakes. And, you know, if you think you're all this and that, cause sometimes kids think they're, well, I can't listen to them because they're, you know, because they did this or mom yelled at me. Okay, look, if you're so mature, then you're going to have to let that go because your mom, you're going to understand that your mom's a person too and, and you're going to encourage her, you know. They always feel like, and parents sometimes feel this way, but if they make a mistake, that they no longer have a voice in their child's life. 
And so we're always going to come at it from that approach that, you know, kids have to need to honor and listen to their parents. Now we've had, we've had more extreme situations where we've worked with and that's, there's, there's many situations that we handle as well, where the parents want nothing to do with church. Mm. They'll tolerate their kids coming and that those conversations with the kids are are a little harder because they say, you know, I don't get this at home. You know, mom has a different boyfriend every other week that's moving in and out of the house or um, kids with parents that are on drugs and substance abuse. Those are, those are very real situations that people deal with, but yeah, we do. We're always open to, to sitting and coaching or, or doing a phone call with anybody. Um, and we don't do that all, all day, you know, yeah. for the most part, it's really always best that the families handle their situations, um, you know, without a lot of interference, because that's really the best growth. But sometimes there's an impasse where um, the parents don't know what to do. Now, you know, to, I'm always going to tell the parents, look, <laughs> I, I, I even saw, I, I saw a kid today that um, his face was on a wanted poster. And I remember talking to his mom years ago, because she was asking, what do I do with my kids? And I'm like, you know, he's on a wanted poster today because she, she did not, I, I, I was telling her, look, you do not understand. I mean, this was many years ago, how important it is that you take aggressive action. She, back then she was saying, well, my son's starting to hang out with, with the wrong kids in the neighborhood and with some gangs. And I said, look, <laughs> it, I'm going to do anything. I'll do whatever it takes to make sure my kid's not around those gang members. I'm going to put, I, I told her, I'm going to put the house on the market tomorrow yeah. and I'm going to look for some house that's going to give my kid more, you know, positive things to do. Cause he was only 12 or 13 then, but now, you know, years later, and that's where parents don't always understand the severity sometimes of the situations. Right. Whereas a youth pastor, we see that and we're like, dude, this ends in the grave on drug abuse or in the, in prison, you know, but yeah, well, so we'll sit down with, with the kids and with the parents or, um, you know, if kids are not comfortable having those conversations and they would like us to sit with them or even sit with them while they call their parents and have some difficult conversations about maybe the struggle. Um, maybe it's, you know, mom, I'm, I'm pregnant or something like that. But I will say in our youth ministry, those are those, we have a really solid group of kids. And so we're really aggressive to keep the culture in a positive way because kids are very susceptible to, to the direction of culture. So, um, you know, you can, you can do a lot of outreach with your youth ministry, but you got to be real careful because um, that's not always the, the place to do it. You know, busting in kids from the outside, because if you, if we call it tipping the scales, um, you know, if you have how, what number of troubled youth that are maybe on substance or, or, you know, maybe in the world's model, how many of those can your youth group sustain before it starts to bring everyone you know, kind of tips the scales. So we keep a very positive peer pressure sort of where um, people are going to tell you or, or kind of call you out on the rug if you start kind of heading in a direction that's not good. So anyway, yeah, good stuff though. Well, that's the parent, the parent teams will do that. Yeah. and, And that's good because if you've got your kids that can see that in a positive light that they can affect and that as a ministry type of thing, they're holding each other up, keeping each other to account. I mean, we have adults that don't even do that for each other. Yeah. So that, that's yeah. building and, something And strong. kids go through, they go through the same thing that the adults go through. You know, they're very, um, they're struggling in culture today. And so um, you have to be willing, I, th- I think, for anyone that would be in a similar position as myself, be very real and, and be genuine and be able to 
have those conversations because the teens are looking for something that's real and they want to ask those deeper questions. Um, you know, and then I prayed with a young man this week and was coaching him because he was, he's going back to a Muslim family mm-hmm. and he's no, he didn't know what to do, you know? And I'm like, he, he's called on the name of the Lord, but he's been, he's been uh, at our church for a month and a half with living with a, a relative. And now he's going back to his family and he's not sure how his family will respond. Those are, these are the, the deeper and bigger questions right. that a young person like that they're going to have. And, and what's the answer to that? You know, those are, those are really difficult um, conversations for a new believer that's going back to that environment. So it's so, so pivotal, but they, they want you to be real with them and, and to have those conversations. Yeah. And not just as youth pastors, as parents, as fathers, as, as moms, if they're listening, oh, yeah. you know, they, they want, I know that I wanted my dad to talk to me. I still want my dad to talk to me. I'm 43 <laughs> yep. years old, you know, so you know, just, <laughs> yep. just encourage guys listening. Uh, you know, you don't have to be the youth pastor and you don't have to put it on his plate. I mean, you're the priest of your household. You're the king of your dominion there that you've been given you know, step up, be the man that God made you to be, be the husband your wife deserves you to be and the kids need you to be. Yes, that's so, I mean, I've had people come to me before and they treat you as a youth pastor, like any problem their kid has is is your responsibility to straighten out. (laughs) And, uh, or I don't know why, you know, we're having this problem, but, um, you know, maybe you need to preach about it or something. But the reality is there is no substitute. Yeah. There is no substitute for the home life. And uh, I mean, it, that's such a, a, a pivotal place where everything happens, because that's where, that's where the battles are won at home. Having, now, the studies have shown, Fox did a, a big study that, that shows that church helps to reinforce the positive values and that kids that come from a church environment are better adjusted, um, better, at, uh, better adjusted, better grades, better at working with adults, kind of a long list. And they said secular organizations do not have the same results. So it's quite an interesting study they did. But the reality is that a big part of that is because we're reinforcing what the parents have to say. But, um, you know, one, one common thing that I see though is parents tearing their own household down because they're making, and it's really hard as a youth pastor when parents are making really bad decisions, either morally or in their decisions and interactions with their young people you know, when they're acting immature and they're not acting like a parent, that's a lot harder to make headway and to help the family grow. Because if my, my, my parents did not yell, scream, or throw things, I never heard my dad curse and throw things or, you know, that wasn't who he was. So there was a stability in the household. I have, uh, you know, have parents ask these, these kind of questions, but someone was saying, uh, I can't get my, my kid off the PlayStation. I don't know what to do. I don't, I can't get them to, to listen to me. I'm like, okay, how, how old is your kid? 12 years old. And I mean, it, it's almost, it's sad, but it's almost laughable to me because I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm not an advocate for abuse, but I know my dad would not, there, there was never even a question in our mind. Like, you know, I, like I, that's I, beyond my comprehension to think of ignoring my dad as a 12 year old yeah. while he came into the room and said, it's time to turn it off. I mean, you're probably in the same place, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I and I'm like, how? <laughs> <laughs> how do your how does your twelve year old think that they can walk all over you? Mm-hmm. So that's either you're not being a parent, or you're interacting in a way that shows that you are equal with them. Right. My dad, I know how he would have responded. He would I would have been marched to the bedroom. 
I would have probably got, you know, disciplined the Lord's way, not abuse, but disciplined the Lord's way. And then I would have come out and I, I don't know what would have happened to the PlayStation, but I know it would not have been there when I got back <laughs> and I never would have seen it again. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, I, I'm not like, once again, it's not abusive, but it's in love that my, my family would have made it very clear the boundaries that were in place. And so, but I, I hear a lot of that. And I think maybe that's the world's coaching is, you know, just be your kid's friend and just love them. And that's all they really need. And I'm like, that's a bunch of, of craziness because that's gonna, that gives your kid no boundaries, yeah. which then makes your kid feel vulnerable and unprotected. And so if you, if you don't love your kid, don't put boundaries in place, but if you do, they need to begin to understand some healthy boundaries. And, uh, you know, I, I know we're, we're flying all over the place, but I know my mom, uh, it was maybe just a month and a half ago or so we were talking and she just asked me, you know, I just hope, I hope we weren't too hard on you guys as kids. <laughs> and I said, mama, I said, look, I'm like, you, you guys were, I was like, you were hard on us. I was like, but you loved us. And I was like, and I look at other people that are my same age and in my same season of life. And I am so thankful, you know, that you were, you, cause you brought the best out. It wasn't a, a, a it wasn't about being strict. It wasn't about being hard or, but it was, seeing the best and pulling it out of your kids. And I, I really am thankful now for that. And so I don't know, um, you know, exactly who that might be for, but I'm telling you, there's a lot of parents that I'm seeing that they need to grab hold of that message and, and realize there's, you don't get this season back. This is the most important season and we're not raising kids. We're raising adults. And yeah. so if the behavior is not going to be good in a magnified sort of way, cause it's going to continue to grow, and you don't want your kid's face on a wanted poster, you're going to have to make some of those big changes, those big moves now, and really take this moment and this season and time and really get aggressive with it. That's some good stuff, man. I feel the same way and, and just concur because it's just, it's just crazy how, how kids nowadays, yeah. it seems, thinks that they're the parents and the parents are there just to be the chauffeurs and the, you know, the waiters at the table for dinner. The, the payees yeah. pay, for, pay for everything <laughs> exactly. they want. Man, you, you've touched on so many different things. I would, I would love to have you on again to, uh, to chat finances, to chat marriage yeah, with us and uh, growing up as well. As a preacher's kid, we've talked about that before, and I oh, would yeah. love to get your, your, your connection on that as well because I know there's a lot of – a lot of people out there, whether they've grown up as preacher's kids, whether they have never even stepped their feet in church, but they really have a desire to be a good person. They have a desire to raise a kid who can change the world. And we, and you and I both know that that's going to start with the, the top being planted in Christ and having that undergirding of faith. So, Pastor Tim, thank you for and, being and with me. And it starts oh, at home. Yeah, it does. It starts at home. It's, it's so, mom so and vital. I've, I've enjoyed being with you, and I've, I've come on any time, but um, you know, it is worth, it is worth doing what you're doing, Kale, is so vital to our culture and what I'm seeing and have a pulse on, uh, good job and keep it up. Well, Thanks thank for you. letting me, letting me talk today. Anytime, Tim. And we can't wait to have you back. We'll uh, get that done as soon as we can. Thank you again for being here with us. A great interview, a great time of learning from a man who's, who's right there in the middle of it, a man. He's, he's got a family, he's got kids, he's got a wife, he's got a church leaning on him as well. So, you know, we, we think that, wow, okay, so I'm a stay-at-home dad. It's really hard homeschooling my kids. Or, you know, I'm an executive in this big company, and it's really hard to keep myself and all my employees happy and you know, the big corporate brass smiling. We're all there. We're all in the trenches. We're all fighting the battles. Most importantly, the one thing we have to remember is there's strength in numbers, and we win. All right? So just 
lean on Jesus. If you if you need anything from us, let us know. ModernChristianMen.com. I want to encourage you to visit the FaithLifeChurch.org website. They live stream their services Saturday night and three times on Sunday. You can check Pastor Tim out over there. Again, thank you so much for listening. I hope this is speaking life into you. Again, my name is Kale, and the website is ModernChristianMen.com. We'll catch you next time. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Modern Christian Men podcast. You can find us online at ModernChristianMen.com.